4: Talk Radio.
3: This
5: is a Post Time with Mike and Mike Production
6: Quigglet, What a race Always be Mickey on the outside Always be Mickey They're off and it is on And betting line has taken the lead Choo-choo Boom Just like that
5: You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post time with Mike and Mike, with co-hosts Mike Carter.
6: Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles?
5: And Mike Boses.
6: Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production, Smoking Gun is flying, here comes Smoking Gun, I don't know! Oh, yeah! That just happened! That just happened! That just
0: that dial. It's Thursday morning. Once again, you've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozic. And boy, do we have an action-packed Kentucky Derby uh, sort of show here, Mike. Uh, we've got Kentucky Derby announcer Larry Kalmas, who's going to be joining us this morning. And we're going to talk a little bit of Derby towards the end of the program.
5: That's right. Well, you know, today's Thurby. Thurby, yes. I've heard that a few times. Thurby. Yeah, the Thursday. Well, you know what? Listen, I've been in this business for a long time, and that's the first time I've ever heard that little saying was, you know, this year for some reason. So I don't know, but But, uh, today is Thurby, and uh, we appreciate everybody joining us. And, Mike, I know we're a harness show. I've already gotten a couple of instant messages. Well, you guys are a harness show, but you know what? Listen, it is the Derby. It is the most exciting two minutes in sports, and I think we would be uh, doing a big harm and a big disservice – to uh, our journalism if we didn't at least talk about the derby so we've got the uh, larry colmas and by the way there's something in it for us harness people too because mike larry had a chance to call a race at the meadowlands a couple of years back and he was uh, kind of talked into doing it by uh, our friend the late sam mckee and uh, the story uh, towards the end of that interview that larry shared with sam mike uh, was uh, pretty awesome yeah it was. When I sat
0: down to record that interview with
5: Larry yesterday, it was um you know, it was a really heartfelt
0: story and the one thing uh about Larry is he like everybody else, uh talked very good about Sam and we'll get to that uh towards the uh probably about the middle of the show. Uh, we're also gonna talk, Mike, with Michigan based driver Brad Kramer. Eight thousand driving victories. <laughs> Listen, some of these guys are getting up there.
5: Yeah, they certainly are, and I've got a great story about Brad. We'll share it with Brad when he comes on the program here in just a few minutes. Uh, I was able to call his 6,000th uh, win. That was back in 2008 at Hazel Park. His 5,000th win, which was back in 2005, he actually accomplished at Windsor, but we did have a Brad Kramer day uh, that October, the 2005 Harness Racing meet at Hazel Park, and uh, we're going to talk about that because I've got a pretty funny story concerning that. Plus, Dave Brower, actually, Mike... We're going to have both. Now, we have Gabe Pruitt every week uh, here on our weekly uh, Pompano segment, but we also are going to have Dave Brower. So we are going to have both new additions uh, to uh, the Meadowlands TV broadcast on this very program. Dave is going to talk about his new role at the Meadowlands. Uh, plus, uh, like you say, Mike, that Derby Roundtable, we're going to have a couple of uh, experts, guys, that are going to hold our hand through it. Aaron Zocali from TVG and The Natural Rich Mateo will be joining us. Uh, Rich, of course, I like to call him a thoroughbred tournament expert because he's deadly in tournaments. He's won about four or five of them, and he's only 24 years old. So he's in tuned all their horses. He's going to help us out along with Darren Zoccali. So we've got a big, big show coming up for you today in the On Deck Circle. It's our good buddy Brad Kramer just picked up his 8,000th win, and we're going to hear from Brad next on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America.
4: Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track we also offer more points for all exotic wagers and don't forget about our weekly promos check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races sign up for bet america today to start earning points and get up to a 400 bonus with our new 200 deposit match see our website for reward points state restrictions The New
0: Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standardbreds the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program
5: here at the stable our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse the stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 equine census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. On this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Big show coming up. Dave Brower will be joining us towards the top of the hour. Plus, uh, Game Pruitt, also the big interview that Mike Carter had a chance to conduct with the voice of the Kentucky Derby, the NBC voice, Larry Colmas, plus much, much more, including a Derby roundtable. But first, it's time, and listen, I love when Michigan guys join us, because I spend 10 years of my life there at Hazel Park, and every time we have somebody from Michigan, it uh, it sends me back memories of home. It's our good friend, driver Brad Kramer. Brad, welcome to the program, my friend. How you doing? Doing fantastic, buddy, and obviously you are too. 8,000 career wins in the books. You picked it up this past weekend at Northville. How does it feel?
7: Uh, I,
5: it's just a number,
7: I guess, but it feels good to get there, yeah.
5: Yeah, you know, I tell you for- what, a lot of you know, a lot of guys, it's 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 so interesting, Michael. We interview drivers and trainers that reach milestones because for some people, it's like, you know, it's it's a, it's great accomplishment, and it is a great accomplishment. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of guys, it's just you know, it's business as usual, and it's hey, it's on to the next race.
7: Right, right. That's uh, yeah, you can't spend that money, <laughs> eight thousand. It's already gone. <laughs> So now, Brad, you've
0: you know you've Good I'm sorry.
7: Got no, that's all right.
0: Go ahead. Brad, you've had a chance to drive at uh you know, a bunch of different racetracks, a half mile, five eighths, uh, you know, some of the different size racetracks. Does your driving style change based on the type of track you're driving on?
7: Uh yes it does. I, I'm kind of an aggressive driver, so a half mile suits me, but I take a deep breath and try to go slower on a mile track. Definitely changes.
5: Visiting with driver Brad Kramer. Brad, let's uh, go back to the beginning. How would you get started in the horse racing industry?
7: Uh, actually, I, I quit college and took a job cleaning stalls at Shiawassee Farm back in the middle 70s. And and uh, I didn't really drive my first horse till I was 30. I got a late start in the business. Didn't grow up with them.
0: Now Brad, your what is a season uh purse money wise was back in 2004 you had over 2.3 million dollars but the one thing that I notice about you your UDRS is always you know right above 300 <clears throat> and what you know what do you count your successes to in uh driving
7: uh, I I really think it's my desire I mean there, there's a lot of people I think that have more ability than I do, but I don't think anybody wants to win more than i do and i I think I'd really have a lot of trouble driving with the lower average. I think it would uh it'd work on me kinda hard. I've always drove with a pretty high average
5: now a very a pretty funny story. Uh, that i got but my biggest memory of uh of brad kramer mike was back in 2005 yeah you know you had your 5000th win at windsor and we had the brad kramer night at hazel park in october uh, of 2005 if my memory serves me correctly now here's where it gets good okay back in those days At Hazel Park, we had a shoestring budget. I mean, you know, slots are up and down. We didn't know if we were going to get them, and we really had to watch our money. So we were going to do a bobblehead giveaway, but bobbleheads back at that time were very, very expensive. So we decided, well, we're going to get one bobblehead for Brad, and we're going to uh, present it to him in the winner's circle. And what we did, uh, Mike, you're going to love this. We got an actual Ichiro Suzuki Bobblehead, the baseball player. Kinda looked like Brad a little bit, the bobblehead did. And uh, so my <laughs> wife was getting into the crafts and all that at the time and she went up there and she painted. She thought she did a great job. She painted Brad's colors, and we presented it to you that night. And I gotta ask you, Brad, is that is that bobblehead still at the top of your trophy case? It,
7: it, yeah, it's still there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty cool. cool. That's-
5: yeah. that's fantastic I'll what, I've, got a, I've got a george napolitano bobblehead that's taking a couple of falls here but that thing's still uh still uh swinging yeah. pretty good brad listen let's yeah. uh let, let's let's get to a serious uh topic for a minute and that is michigan harness racing and and i was there for 10 years and i know the struggle has been uh very very big it's been an uphill climb for quite a while now uh there have been a couple of times where the state of Michigan has been very close to expanded gaming, just wasn't able to get there. There've been talk of instant racing of other types of machines, and that has never seen the light of day as well. But for some reason, I know that Michigan used to race a lot of days with a lot of different racetracks and now pretty much down to, to one harness track with a couple of fares. Um, is there any light at the end of the tunnel as far as you can see for Michigan harness racing right now, Brent?
7: Oh, it's, it's a tough road, uh, I think the casinos have the corner on the market, and they, they really don't want us. They don't want us there. They're trying to squash us, and and I I really got to say the Michigan people have some perseverance because there's very little money to be had, and we'll have months off at a time at the racetracks, and and they come back and have dozens of qualifiers, and everybody's ready to go. It's just amazing.
5: Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's Michigan horsemen are just unreal. They just uh refuse to quit, and hopefully some good things will will come to you guys very quickly. Yeah. But what's what's next for Brad Kramer? I know you've, you you uh, did race a little bit out east. Uh, what uh, what's next for Brad Kramer? What do you see for yourself in the next couple of years?
7: well I'm slowing down on the driving for sure. I I live in northern Michigan now, and it's two and a half hours to the racetrack, and I drive a little bit at Pompano, but I don't know. I I, I like the training uh, gig I have in the winter time with Casey Coleman, and I get to sit behind good horses and and uh, stay a little bit in the limelight because uh, they're, they're very nice horses and they and she does such a great job. So I, I don't know about the driving anymore though. It's it's just too hard to live in Michigan and that's where I want to be and and be a driver anymore.
5: Yeah. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Congratulations on eight thousand wins, and uh, hopefully some good things will come the way of the uh, Michigan horsemen. Because if there's anybody that deserves it, it's certainly you guys.
7: Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
5: All right. Thanks, Brad.
7: Okay. Have a great day.
5: Yeah. All right. That was driver Brad Kramer. Yeah, it's a bobblehead. I'll tell you, my wife, I put we put so much pressure on her to, to put that bobblehead together, and we were trying actually. When we found out we're going to have Brad on the show, we were trying to find pictures of that bobblehead, and we've been unable to do it. But she did such an outstanding job that we actually thought about opening a business and and uh, having her make these bobbleheads. But uh, you know, we've got to find that picture somewhere. She, but you should have seen it, Mike. The pressure was really on her to come through, and and she came through in the clutch.
0: Dude, that's awesome! You know, when you started talking about that, I was kind of wondering where you were going with
5: that story when you said you had the Ichiro bobble. Yeah, but
1: you know, here's the thing, Mike. The
5: Ichiro bobblehead looked just like Brad. It was unbelievable. And then when she painted the green and the white colors, and oh, and here's the thing that made it even better, Ichiro had a a bat in his hand. But but it, so we were able to take the bat out of his hand and we put a whip. In his head. And it, it was unbelievable. It just worked out so well. It's, I'm going to tell you what, the things you can do with a shoestring
0: budget, right? Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. When you have a shoestring budget, man, you got to do what you got to do.
5: Oh, my goodness. you got to get creative. Well, listen, speaking about creative, our man's coming up. It's the weekly Pompano Park segment. Gabe Perut's going to be joining us in just a few minutes, and then right after him – Dave Brower is going to be joining us. And that is coincidentally the new duo that you're going to see for the championship meet, the new uh, television personalities at the Meadowlands. We're going to have both of the next 15 minutes plus our Derby round table and a can't miss interview. Mike Carter had a chance to sit down and talk with the NBC voice of the Kentucky Derby, Larry Colmas, a can't miss interview. And uh, we also talked with Larry about the late great Sam McKee. So you're going to want to stick around for that. So much Left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be back in just a moment. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono is your home for exciting harness racing. Coming Mondays in April, it's Lucky 25 Night. Purchase $25 in live racing vouchers and rematch it for a total of $50 in vouchers. The promotion starts at 5 p.m. See the Racing Rewards desk for details. Live racing in April every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday with a post time of 6.30. Sundays start time 7.30. No live racing on Monday, April 3rd. It's the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono.
1: Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th, and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com.
5: Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. The action is always hot at Harness Racing's winter capital, Pompano Park. With guaranteed pulls, constant carryovers, and industry-load takeouts, Pompano Park has become one of Harness Racing's greatest horse-player attractions. Live racing five nights per week, Sunday through Wednesday and Saturday, too, for the post-time of 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Wager now at Harness Racing's winter capital, Pompano Park.
6: My eyes,
5: seen the... We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. Gabe Pruitt will be joining us in just a couple of minutes. It's our weekly Pompano Punk segment. Dave Brower at the top of the hour. Larry Colmus uh, will be joining this program as well. Mike Carter had a chance to sit down with him. Plus, it'll be our Derby Roundtable. And plus, uh, we'll go around the horn a little bit and talk about some of the big harness action coming up. Mike, things really heating up now in the harness racing world. As a matter of fact, Mike, how about... Walner making his return to the races coming up uh, at a qualifier on Saturday after Meadowlands. And I'm going to tell you, I've been reading some of the social media buzz about uh, Linda Toscano's uh, terrific trotter, now a three-year-old, and he is starting to be compared to some of the great trotters of all time. They're starting to talk about Walner in the same breath as Muscle Hill. Mike, it's going to be very interesting to see what this guy can do.
0: You know, it will be interesting, but I think, you know, we have to be very careful when uh, when comparing the horses. You know, he put in a huge monster mile at Lexington. It'll be interesting to see what he can do and come back uh, come back as, as a three-year-old. And, you know, Linda Toscano always has a very strong trotting stable, Mike. This is something that uh, you've come to expect from Linda Toscano. She's got at least one or two every year who are Hambletonian or Hamiltonian Oaks eligible, and we'll find out more from uh, Dave Brower here in just a little bit when we talk about that.
5: Absolutely. No question about it. Of course, we talked about the Walner. A lot of horses making their return. I know we've got the Cutler coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands. Also, Hannelore Hanover's uh, making uh, the return as well, going to race at Miami Valley on Sunday. Plus, we've got Dexter Cup action to take a look at and Freehold uh, coming up on Saturday as well. So just some big, big racing coming up. Uh, in the uh, harness racing world, and it's all on Derby Weekend. Right now, we're going to be joined by our good friend Dave Brower. Dave is the newest addition uh, at the Meadowlands. He is uh, going to be partaking not only in television duties, but uh, that all-thankless job, Dave, the morning line. (laughs) Holy moly. How are you,
3: buddy? I'm doing okay, guys. Fighting a little bit of a a cold and cough that uh, just won't stop giving, if you know what I mean, but I do feel a lot better this morning. I certainly don't want to go on the air tomorrow night and uh, you know, be hacking and sounding like a frog, so I apologize if my voice is just a little bit off. Other than that, we've been immersed in work, and uh, you're right, of course, that morning line job is uh, never an easy one, especially with the competitive races that we offer at the Meadowlands, but I did do it for a long time, and thankfully, uh, the, the adage, uh, you know, it's just like riding a bike, uh, kicked in. So you guys, you guys can peruse my uh, analysis and my odds over the weekend and let me know how I did.
5: Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's very interesting. The morning line is one of the. It's, it's like an official in NFL football or an official in basketball. You can, you can get a thousand of them right, a thousand straight calls or a thousand straight morning lines right. But the one that you miss, you're more than yeah. likely to hear about it from, from one of the corners of the hardest racing universe.
3: Especially nowadays uh, with the advent of social media, you know, back in the day before Twitter and Facebook and all those other things, you know, if I did mess one up, then somebody would just come up to me on the set and complain a little bit. And, you know, I'd shake my head and say either you were right or I disagree with you. And It's just one of those jobs that just takes someone with just a lot of experience uh, to be able to handle it properly. You don't ever want to embarrass anybody. You don't ever want to, you know, overthink things when it comes to that. As long as, you know, you make the morning line favorite. If he goes off the favorite, you, you kind of did your job.
0: Now, Dave, obviously you've uh, you've done a lot of work with uh, Cal Expo here over the past year or so. Is the plan to kind of keep doing what you're doing uh, with Gary Seibel there?
3: Well, their closing weekend is this weekend. Uh, their meet generally runs from right around uh, Halloween until Derby Day, so their final night is Saturday night. Uh, you know, Going forward in the fall, you know, who knows what's going to happen that far out, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure I can fulfill my commitment with them tomorrow night, and then I will not be at the Meadowlands in person on Saturday. I will be doing my other uh, part-time job and then finishing out the meet with Gary. We have a whole lot of fun with that segment. I don't know whether you guys have ever tuned in. And, we, you know, we, we've gained a big, big following over the years. Uh, we regularly get between, you know, thirty-five dollars and $50,000 in that uh, CalX Pick 4 pool. So I think that's that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's a very nice-sized pool. And i got to ask you, since we're talking on the subject of CalExpo, Dave Weaver stopped by and saw mm-hmm. Gary Seibel, uh you know, I think it was this past week. And you guys look like you guys were having some fun.
3: We we always have had fun, and, you know, you guys know we were the first ones to uh, start that Drive Time show on TVG when they revamped their programming. Uh, you know, it was Gary and Dave on the set in Los Angeles, and they would throw it to me in the press box at the old Meadowlands. And, you know, we, we'd we go over, you know, a lot of the later races after the California thoroughbred racing was done. We had a lot of fun with it. You know, it certainly improved uh, recognition of harness racing on tvg and they kind of focused on it you know for that couple of hours which was something that they had not done so we'd like to think we were innovators in that way and uh, you know eventually other job opportunities came along and, uh, and that's where we ended up but uh, anytime you get the three of us together trust me it's going to be fun
5: Visiting live with Dave Brower. So Dave, you're at the Meadowlands now, and uh, you're going to get uh, going kick things off with a very good card coming up on Saturday. Want to take a look at the Art Cutler Memorial? That's going to mile and an eighth for a purse of two hundred thousand dollars. Obviously, just some terrific trotters in there, some terrific older trotters, and the likes of Crazy Wow and J L Cruz and and uh, Rose Run Parker, and uh, I mean just some great ones. Centurion ATM from the inside. What are your thoughts on the Cutler? And uh, it's it's a big field going to the What do you think?
3: Well, whenever you get the big field going, that kind of makes everybody overthink it a little bit. But as for the quality of this field, it's just unbelievable. I pulled up the YouTube video of the Cutler from last year, and I think it was a seven-horse field, and Resolve kind of cruised around the racetrack at a well-rated clip and then sprinted off. Uh, You know, I'm not so sure he's going to be able to get to the half of 57 like he did. But with that said, each time Resolve has come back, he's been ready to go. He's got that perfect mid-pack post of five. He's got his two main rivals stuck outside him in Crazy Wow and J.L. Cruz, who have both also come back strong. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tactical race. It's a driver's race. Swansted will want to control it. I think his horse is sound enough. He's fit enough to begin his final year of racing. I uh, read on Twitter yesterday from owner Michael Knudsen that this is it for him, and he'll go to Hanover Shoe Farms as a stud after that.
0: You know, one, uh, one thing about the big fields, Dave, and it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, is post-11 and 12 kind of, you know, throw a little bit of a curveball. But one thing I've noticed about these big fields is that post-11 and 12 do tend to strike pretty often. And the 12-muscle diamond is no slouch by any means. And, of course, you mix in uh, John Campbell there. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll have a little bit of a uh, interesting, uh, interesting race for a muscle diamond.
3: Well, it's all about whether or not they tussle, and believe me, that certainly could happen. It's not out of the question. If if Yannick Jingra and Crazy Wow, or Corey Callahan on J.L. Cruz, really want to test the issue early, you know that's that's going to bring some of the closers into play. Uh, generally, you know, in a race like this, I tend to steer away from the second tier horses. I, I, you know, in that field uh, uh, Saturday night, I actually would prefer maybe Winsun Revenge's chances because he's uh, got a little bit of speed there and Scott Z will just look to save ground with him. And if he shakes loose, look out, but you know, nobody knows how, how this race is going to go. Last year was completely different. You knew how the race was going to go and it went exactly that way, but uh, with the full field, I don't know. And you know, we got to bring in the track condition guys. It's going to start raining overnight tonight. It's going to rain all day tomorrow. And the last forecast I saw said it might even linger into Saturday. So, uh, you know, what the track crew does after that to uh, shape it up, you know, it's, it's going to be a difficult task, but it will be very important uh, for the betters out there to just pay attention, at least to the early races on Saturday, to see if there's any kind of bias.
5: Speaking of the early races, Dave, a couple of uh, legs of the grandeur with a couple of divisions there going for a purse of $50,000. These are for the four year old open pacers. And you got a couple of compact fields there, but some really nice horses. A lot of them just making their return to the races. Uh, Roll away Johnford, a lot of great things about him entering his four year old season. Awesomeness in that first division is six of nine. Of course, Art Magic, a great field there. Sintra is looking to keep his 2017 undefeated hopes alive. What say you on that one?
3: Yeah, that was a tough one to actually put the line on. Uh, I had to pull up that video on Sintra from that race up at Mohawk, and it was uh, visually spectacular is about the right way I'd like to put it. Uh, Brett Miller did choose him in this race, so I ended up making him the slight two-to-one favorite. But listen, you can't really fault, like you said, Rollaway Joe, who had a couple of nice easy spots to get ready for this. Western Fame, what a great drive that was by Mark McDonald in his first start as a four-year-old for Jimmy Tactor and George Siegel of Brittany Farms. He's got the rail, so you know what his tactics are going to be. So I, I have no idea how that race is going to go. I almost just wish that we could have had a 13-horse field you know, with these two divisions, because when you get the short fields, that uh, takes – a little bit of the sting out of it. But uh, definitely, you know, a lot of questions to be answered. In the other, the other division, you've got Missile J, who I've been hearing about for months over at Yonkers. He just didn't get lucky in the final. You've got Boston Red Rocks, who's going to lose Tim Tietrich, since he's sticking with Missile J, And you got the one that qualified big, Lion Snyder, Tactor's other horse in there. So two very testing divisions, difficult to really, you know, center in on anybody, and we'll see how they sort themselves out.
5: Well, an unfortunate storyline for the weekend, I think, for much of the country is the uh, kind of the bleak forecast. I mean, we're supposed to have rain not only uh, around here in our part southeast, but uh, certainly down in Louisville, Kentucky, for uh, Friday and Saturday, perhaps. And so uh, I guess you got to get your Tomlinson ratings out or whatever kind of uh, thoroughbred (laughs) angle you want to use to try to pick out the mud runners. You got a, a derby pick for us, my friend?
3: you know I, i've watched all of the preps I, I really haven't been super excited about it this year i thought the best prep i saw was turned in by classic empire in the arkansas derby he just looked like a three-year-old that might be one of the few that can actually get that mile and a quarter but we all know he still has to have a little bit of a luck and clean trip with his racing style would like to see him win you know he certainly was good enough last year and he overcome a little bit to get to this point this year but it's going to be a tough race to bet, and like you said, it, you know, if it does rain and, and it affects those turf races for everybody who loved to bet those those yeah. cards, let, let, let's let's just hope something good happens. But I, I know we're, I know we're in for a sloppy track here at the Meadowlands tomorrow night, and I hate to, I hate to have that. It's my most hated thing when it comes to harness racing. But those are the cards we're dealt. That's what we're going to have to deal with, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get through it.
5: All right. Well, I think the Harness Racing Universe and the Harness Racing fans have a pretty good hand because we're going to get a chance to enjoy you and Gabe Pruitt back on the television, uh, inviting us into our homes as we watch the Meadowlands streaming feed or live, whichever we decide to do. Dave, we appreciate you joining us. And listen, we've got your your buddy Gabe coming on right after you, so we'll certainly tell him to say hello. (laughs)
3: Yeah, Mike and Mike, just one sec. If you have a second, I just want to thank everybody who was nice enough to reach out with well wishes over the last couple of weeks. And I'd like to thank Jeff Corral and Jason Settlemore for the opportunity for a second chance to get back into harness racing. It'll be good, and I can't wait to get to work with Gabe. We've been friends for a long time. I think uh, it's a good fit for everybody. Thanks. Dave,
5: we're looking forward to it, my friend.
3: All right. We'll see you guys
5: soon. All right, that was Dave Brower, the one and only, making his return to the Meadowlands uh, television presence, so to speak, him uh, along with uh, the guy that I see on that game, Pruitt, the uh, fine voice of uh, Pompano Park and also the uh, racing uh, director. He's got a lot of titles, doesn't he, Mike? I I mix it up every week because he's got so many titles.
0: You know, I know he's listening right now. So he's also got another job, Mike. Uh,
5: We'll hit it when we come back. He's also a firefighter.
0: Hey,
5: listen, listen, I heard that the action at Pompano, but listen, let's bring Gabe in just for a second before we go to commercial break. I heard the action down at Pompano Park this weekend was on fire, Gabe. Am I close?
2: Hey, you know what? Uh, You never know what you're going to get tonight tonight at Pompano. And uh, we did have uh, at least uh, 25 members of the uh, Pompano Fire Department uh, on site for our last night of racing, so fun times.
5: And, and li- listen, let me tell you, so- let me tell you guys something. These firefighters, I had to have them over uh, at the place where I live a couple of weeks ago, and it was something very routine. I heard it was about three in the morning, and I heard a, a fire alarm going off, and I kind of figured that it was just one of those batteries going dead or something. So I, I didn't smell smoke or anything, and I, I couldn't find a non-emergency number. So I called, and I said, listen, I said, when you tell these guys to come in, I said, please don't have them with their axes out and this and that and their hoses ready. I'll tell you, they came with a fleet that probably <laughs> could have invaded and conquered another country, and they came with axes and everything. They, When they come, they basically expect the worst and hope for the best.
2: Yes, and that's exactly uh, what what we found down here as well, Bob. <laughs> Very similar circumstance in the middle of a race, of course, because why not? uh, The uh, fire alarm started to go off, (laughs) and um, that was uh, fun in itself, and uh, we we got through that race. And then next thing we know, we've got uh, a bevy of security guards rushing everyone out of the uh, building, and uh, they thought there was an actual fire because uh, someone did go check uh, out the fourth floor, and there was uh, a lot of smoke and Mm -hmm. smoke. we thought it could be a very scary situation. Luckily, it was not as, as big of a deal as uh, as first expected. But we had a a fleet of firemen here as well, and they, and they did a nice job at a quick response uh, for something that could have been a, a bad situation.
5: Certainly. Well, listen, we we were glad everybody's safe. Well, we had to kid you a little bit about it. now. I'm glad you, you kept going right with that race too. You didn't drop the race at the you didn't drop the mic at the half and run out, did you?
2: I did not. I made it through, and it may have been the quickest we ever got official after a race. (laughs) Because by the time the uh, horses hit the line, we were – the seventh floor of the grandstand was in an absolute uh, frenzy as people were trying to uh, to rush us out uh, immediately. So uh, we fortunately had just enough time to uh, clear the race, uh, make it official, put the prices up, and not much more time. I left my bag upstairs and everything else, so uh, everyone was uh, running out in a frenzy.
5: So, basically, your call was three-quarters and 127-1, and, and it's official. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very similar. That's what it's been like, anyway. All
5: right. Let's, Gabe, let's put you on hold. We've got to take a quick commercial break there. We're going to bring you right back on. So, uh, Gabe, you hold on just for a second, and uh, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, it's our weekly Pompano Park segment. Larry Colemas is also coming up as well. Mike Carter had a chance to sit down with him. Plus, it's our Derby Roundtable. A lot to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Don't go anywhere.
4: Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions.
6: great finish in the base! Stonebridge Terror and won the West!
4: Legends
5: will be born.
6: Third time the charm for Foiled again, and he's finally a Molson Pace champion. Foiled again! Clear vision! Three across to the wire! Foiled again! Foiled again appears to have done it!
5: History. Will be made.
6: Deep stretch lead for state treasurer. State treasurer's going to win it. Boyan again. Appendice out of her state treasurer. History in the Molson pace.
5: Or none of the above.
6: Even a pleasure at Sylvan. At 35-1 in a Molson pace. Shocker. That just happened.
5: Catch the Molson Pace live on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com, Friday May twenty sixth, or on demand on the Bet America Radio Network.
6: Time to show them if you got them.
0: We're back of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're going to bring back Gabe Pruitt. And, Gabe, listen, you guys uh, had a very nice week of racing. And uh, I, I got to say, Bolli, or Bali uh, put in a very big effort uh, from Post 9, was seventh at the top of the stretch, uh, down by six and a half lengths, and somehow gobbled up a ton of ground for Wally Hennessy.
2: You know, it's almost the type of race, Mike, where you have to uh, watch the replay, really, to respect what happened. This horse uh, seemed to be just no chance turning around. It looked like Keystone Bodacious had kicked clear. And uh, Boldy, like he was shot out of a cannon uh, through the uh, final uh, half of the stretch, it got up just in time for the victory. Uh, it was an impressive effort. By the way, you can't say Boldy. Uh, that's what I say, at least. So that's what we're sticking with uh, through now.
0: Listen, us announcers, uh, we don't know uh, how to pronounce names too well. I'm just saying.
2: That's sometimes things get a
0: little bit tough. But uh, in the open one on Sunday, uh, Gabe, uh, Rock-On Mo from Post 8 uh, had a little bit of a uh, troubled trip, uh, was parked out to the uh, first quarter and just never really fired, and Hardfelt provided a little bit of an upset.
2: Well, you know, heartfelt uh, had one of the most lethal angles in South Florida because I actually picked him to win the prior week. And uh, I was off board this week, so that's always a great angle. Uh, first time with me <laughs> off uh, seems to really pick many horses up. Hartfelt actually lost a Pinocchio by a nose at 19-1, uh, to 1, so we nearly got him up to the upset two, uh, two weeks ago. But uh, no Pinocchio in the open uh, class years. He has actually headed north, so big news there. He's headed to uh, Saratoga, and uh, uh went right down the road, in fact. A, a narrow letter. Uh, one of the few races, guys, this week, the Wally Hennessy did not win. We thought Wally had a good night on uh, Sunday night. He had ten mounts. He won five, so he won half. But not not a bad night uh, for Wally. But uh, on Tuesday night, he bounced back. He won eight of ten. So we raced uh, two nights, and uh, he literally won. Uh, there were twenty races. Uh, there were non-amateur races. He won thirteen of those.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because we've seen Wally Hennessy's picture just about everywhere uh, over the past week. And, you know, he's kind of winning just about everything. Um, is he Now, has he always been the top driver there, or has this been kind of, you know, a, a hit or miss thing with him coming down to
2: Pompano? Well, Wally's been here for well over 30 years. He's always been at the top of the driver's stand. He's class act uh, For many years, uh, our regular players will remember he battled uh, near the top of the stands he would Standings rather with uh, Bruce Rangers. So uh, Bruce and Wally uh, sort of traded jabs over the years down here for uh, supremacy. Bruce actually retired a couple of seasons ago, so Wally really at the head of the class. Uh, he's really having a phenomenal meet, guys. Uh, you know, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, he seems to always be at the right in the right spot at the right time. We've raced 118 nights to this point. I believe he has about a 125 win lead. In a driver's standing. So that's uh, really a phenomenal clip. He's actually banking at least one more win a night than anyone else.
0: Wow. Well, Gabe, let's talk about a, a little bit something else real quick. Uh, we just had uh, our man Dave Brower on, and you're getting ready to go to the Meadowlands here in a couple of weeks. Are you getting excited for it?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a great summer, and uh, I saw Dave had his first race reviews up for this weekend, so it's like uh, old times. It's uh, it's great to see. I'm looking forward to uh, watching some of their action uh, this weekend. But, uh, yeah, it should be a great summer. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, I know Dave uh, is going to do excellent, so that'll be great to see uh, beginning this weekend.
0: Now, Gabe, uh, real quick, let's talk quickly about the Pompadour Park schedule. We know a little bit of a uh, schedule change coming over the next couple of weeks. Uh, You guys are going to switch from Tuesday to Wednesday, if
2: I believe I'm correct, right? We are. We're just going to delete Tuesday from the vocabulary because we have switched at this point, guys. We are now Sunday and Wednesday nights uh, throughout the month of May, so very simple at this point. Just two nights per week, Sunday and Wednesday throughout the month of May. We'll have our final $20,000 Guaranteed pick four coming up this Sunday night is uh, we really seem to be it's sort of a two pronged attack we're going to be facing uh, from that point forward because we get again mid May, we lose uh, a lot more horses, so we're going to probably have to deal with uh, some shorter race cars and shorter fields, um, and then we have some other tracks picking up as well. So uh, things may get a bit tough in terms of horse population for for the uh, latter part of May. But we should really have a, a solid car this Sunday. We're actually drawing that uh, today, and uh, we do want to uh, move forward and have another $20,000 guarantee on that pick four. We had over 27000 in the pool last week, so fans really appreciate that. So well, we've never actually had in the past guaranteed pools even through April. So it's really uh, – we're in uncharted territory. Here we are into May as it gets this late in the season. Well, we've gotten such solid support from the uh, fans this year. We're still offer, able to offer those uh, guaranteed pools, so that's been really nice to see.
5: Gabe, we can't let you go without giving us a Derby pick, my friend. And uh, it looks like from all of the weather reports that we're getting, boy, I'll tell you what, the weather looks pretty bleak for the uh, next couple of days at Churchill Downs. Do you have a pick for us?
2: You know what? Uh, I was asked just 20 minutes before jumping on here with you guys, you know, play your house number, play your social security number. (laughs) Who could possibly pick a winner in this field? It's wide open. You're throwing the weather as well, you know. I say good luck to you. I I, I wish everyone the best of luck. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a tricky race this year.
5: Yeah, it certainly is. You know what? I'll tell you, if it's going to be sloppy, which it's going to be, and you've got the, the drag race out of the game with the uh, 20 horses steaming out of there, play a long shot. I mean, I, I'll tell you. And I know, but, but, however, the, the derby has been chalky the last couple of years, but this is probably one of the most open, der- wide-open derbies in recent memory, so I definitely think you'll be shortchanging yourself if, if you don't uh, play something worth of value. Gabe, real quick before we let you go, uh, when you come up here at the Meadowlands, you know you're only going to be an hour and a half here from Harris, Philadelphia, so I need a commitment right now that you're going to come down and see me and buy me, buy me some dinner.
2: You know, I think that sounds like a a great plan, particularly the coming <laughs> to see you part. Um, <laughs> and uh, Sunday afternoons, I know you guys race, Mike, so that may work out uh, quite well. It's Friday, Saturday night, uh, of course, we'll be in action, and maybe I'll take the uh, short driver. You could send a uh, you know car for me. That'd probably be even better, and, and then I'll come right down and see you. We'll and send come the limo to – From to, Ohio, how about that? <laughs> we'll send the limo.
5: We'll send the limo, game to come up and get you, and then uh, I'll do it a- – I'll do to you what Billy Perkins did to me. You can call a couple of races. You can get up here about the second and I'll come back up here around the 14th. So that's where you can get your uh, you can get your uh, race called in here at the the Banks of the Delaware Waterfront. Gabe, we certainly appreciate you joining us
2: say we're looking forward to uh
5: to uh you and Dave at the Meadowlands my friend.
2: Thanks a lot, guys. Always my pleasure.
5: All right, that was uh, Gabe. We always have fun. With Gabe Pruitt. I think it's it's turned into, uh, I know you say it every week, Mike, but it's turned into one of our most favorite segments that we've ever had on the show, one of our most popular segments. Uh, and uh, no pun intended with the situation that happened down in the clubhouse down there, but one of the hottest. Right. everybody's.
0: You know, I, I got to say, you know, everybody was okay, so we kind of joke about it a little bit. But, you know, it's one of those things I was talking to Gabe about it when it happened on um, Tuesday night. And <laughs> it was wild because we're in the mutuals office looking at Pompano trying to figure out, you know, where they're going to throw their next post time so we can throw ours. And, <laughs> and we're, what's going on there? They're hung up. they You know, they were on the pool screen for the longest time. And so finally I sent Gabe a text. I'm like, you know, what the heck's going on there? And, uh, you know, he told me about the fire or the uh, the smoke coming in. So, you know what, thank goodness everybody was okay. And, you know, uh, we, you know, Pompano Park is coming to a close soon. And, Mike, we talk about this being one of our favorite segments. And, uh, you know, it's sad that it's going to kind of go away. But who knows, maybe we'll, uh, we'll enter contract uh, with them for next year. And uh, it should be some fun.
5: Yeah, it certainly was a lot of fun. Speaking of a lot of fun, Mike, you had a chance to sit down with the NBC voice of the Kentucky Derby, Larry Colmas. And I know that had to be something special for you. I mean, Larry's just done an outstanding job uh, since being the – since taking over for, of course, the legendary Tom Durkin. And I know that had to be a pretty interesting uh, little time for you to to interview Larry, huh? Yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it was – it's special for me as a
0: race caller um, to – you, just to be able to sit down and talk to Larry Kalmish, you know, you'd think that you know these guys—Larry Kalmish, Travis Stone, Tom Durkin, some of these guys—you know—they're on TV, you know, for for good reason. They could very well be, you know, egotistical or whatever. But I'll tell you what, these are some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, yep. and and they have no problem sitting down with you know even even a harness podcast. The week of the Derby, Mike, I, I think I said it in the interview. He's got a whirlwind of a schedule this week, yep. for him to sit down with us for a few minutes was uh, very nice of them.
5: Certainly. So we're going to hear that interview next. And uh, like I say, don't want to go anywhere because he had a, a pretty special story about Sam McKee. So you going to want to stick around for that. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. The New
0: Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard Brits the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania, and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program.
5: Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The Stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At The Stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca. Or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's the stable.ca.
0: We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by the Kentucky Derby announcer and the voice of Naira, Larry Kalnis. Larry, thanks for joining us this morning.
6: Well,
0: my pleasure to be on with you guys. Well, Larry, uh, we all know that uh, you're the voice of Naira and, you know, that you call races, but how in the heck did you uh, become interested in calling races?
8: It started uh, when I was...
0: short horse field every single day but you know for the Kentucky Derby you have 20 uh, sometimes they use the 21 when a horse gets scratched how do you prepare for the Kentucky Derby
8: it's like any other or like no other race I should say the Kentucky Derby is the completely different preparation because of not only the field size but just the the fact that it's the Kentucky Derby and and it's the one race that you want to be on your game for so uh, the preparation on a a day-to-day race would, would start maybe uh the morning of the uh, the race but with the derby it's
0: uh, Some of the farms have same silks and this year Calumet Farms has uh, a few entrants in the Kentucky Derby, how do you keep them separate? Interesting, you mentioned that when American Pharaoh ran in the Preakness Stakes, the absolute downpour that you had uh, just before the race was unreal. But at Baltimore, in Baltimore, you call the race outside. How much of a uh, how much of a challenge was that? you get nervous before the Kentucky Derby or any of the big races that you call? show, and a few years back, uh, you called a harness race at the Meadowlands alongside of the late Sam McKee. How is calling harness races different than thoroughbreds, and do you have any Sam McKee moments that you can share with us?
8: Uh, The the nicest guy on the face of the earth, and I I miss him so much. What a wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, And and Sam uh, invited me to come to the Meadowlands one night and said, uh, would you please call the race? I'm like, Sam, I I don't want to make a fool out of myself because I haven't called a harness race in years. Uh, and uh, in advance, they got me some of the drivers' colors that were going to be in the race, so I, I was I was studying those and making sure that I knew who all the horses were in uh, beforehand, and, and making sure I didn't say run uh, or uh, anything that, that uh, was only a thoroughbred term and and, uh, and not a harness term. Uh, I, I got through it. It was a, a whole lot of fun calling a race at the Meadowlands because you know the, the history, even though it was a different building than it than the old one, the history of. Of how many great harness races have happened in that place is just beyond belief. I mean that that is that's the the, the world's best, and uh, it was just a, a thrill to uh, stand alongside of Sam Magia. Uh, another quick Sam story: uh, I watched him call the race, and you know a lot of us have uh, stick our program in front of us, so uh, in case we forget a horse's name, you can glance down the program. We try to we try not to. You know you try to memorize all the names. Sam called a race uh talking to me uh all the way up until the start of the race race begins he does not have the program anywhere near him it's at the back of the announcer's booth he calls the entire race flawlessly with absolutely no program in front of him and travis stone was in the booth with me uh and i we just looked at each other like oh my god this guy's a legend uh and it was just an amazing thing and And I I can't believe he's gone. I really can't. What a wonderful man.
0: Well, Larry, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We know you have a very busy week ahead of you, and uh, good luck to you and Travis coming up in the Kentucky Derby this week.
8: Thank you very much. Uh, Nice to be
0: on with you guys. All right, we'll be back after this timeout. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by BetAmerica.
5: Hanover Shoe Farms is the world's leading horse breeder and horse racing's all-time money-winning leader each and every year. The 2017 Hanover Yearlings will be sold at Harrisburg, the Ohio Select Sale, and the Goshen Yearling Sale. In addition to all the yearlings by all the proven Hanover Stallions, the Harrisburg consignment will feature the first crop of yearlings by Captain Treacherous. For more information, log on to HanoverPA.com. That's HanoverPA.com.
1: Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is gearing up for its 10th anniversary of live harness racing action. Opening night is May 20th, and live racing will be conducted every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night through September 16th. Located just north of the Twin Cities off I-35 in beautiful Minnesota, Running Aces has blossomed into the premier harness racing facility and card club casino in the upper Midwest. You can find our signal on major ADW sites and in simulcast centers across North America. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Consider who we are.
5: According to the 2010 equine census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522 or visit them on the internet at embroideryunl.com. That's embroideryunl.com. Embroidery Unlimited.
6: A great finish at the base bridge terror and won the west
5: legends will be born
6: third time the charm for foiled again and he's finally a Molson pace champion foiled again clear vision three across to the wire foiled again foiled again appears to have done it
5: history Will be made.
6: Deep threats lead for State Treasurer. State Treasurer's gonna win it. Foyer again! A tennis out of her state treasurer! History in the Molson Pace.
5: Or none of the above.
6: Even of pleasure at Sylvan at 35 to 1 in a Molson Pace shocker. That just happened!
5: Catch the Molson and Pace live on Post Time with MikeandMike.com Friday, May 26th, or on demand on the BetAmerica America Radio Network.
6: Time to show 'em if you got 'em.
0: Well, uh, well, we see how that worked out. (laughs) We were going to go with a derpy bumper, but that's all right. A little bit of country music to bring us back on this edition of post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And we just (laughs) talked to Larry Comis, who, uh, Whose voice you might have heard at the very start of that song <laughs> when he said in there into the stretch, but uh, we're joined now by Darren Zakali and Rich the Natural Mate. Listen, guys, we're thankful to have both of you on. Uh, Darren, uh, first to you, thanks so much uh, for taking time out of your busy day. I know uh, TVG's got to be uh, bumping the next couple of days.
9: Yeah, I mean, you should have had me on before, Larry. This is kind of like anticlimactic. But, uh, you know, (laughs) yeah, we're definitely going to be busy the next three days, obviously, gearing up for Derby and, you know, going uh, talking to all our players, making sure everybody's got everything that they need, but uh, trying to handicap the race simultaneously. But, you know, for me, this is always the most fun week of the year in in the lead-up and the build-up to the Kentucky Derby. Rich, also, you too.
0: Listen, I uh, I know you got a lot of time and pictures to be taken today. We certainly appreciate you joining us as well.
10: First off, I wanted to say happy Thurby to everybody. The Thursday before the Derby, it's also a, a great betting card today, too, as well as tomorrow and Saturday. And it's, like Darren said, it's probably the best two days of the entire racing season here at Churchill Downs.
0: All right, fellas. Well we're gonna go through uh kind of dive into this race a little bit and uh it's kinda of interesting because the post position draw uh didn't really seem to hamper anybody. Um for the most part everybody pretty much uh pretty much drew the big big contenders anyway pretty much drew pretty well. The horse I would not want to be though is looking at Lee. And Darren, we're gonna start with you. Uh looking at Lee draws the inside. But the one thing about the Kentucky Derby is you don't really want to draw the inside. And, and it's because you're basically when you come up the rail from the auxiliary starting gates that are uh, at Churchill Downs, you kind of have to jostle your way to the inside. And
9: uh, obviously uh, we're probably going to be looking at it off track as well. Yeah. The one post is, is never convenient because when when you come out of there, you know, you start kind of like on that little chute, and then the, you get the opening of the far turn and then that rail kind of jettisons out in front of you and, You almost, while everybody else is coming left, you actually have to move right a little bit to get away from that inside rail. So it's not a great spot to be in. Now, you know, looking at Lee as a stone-cold one-run closer, um, so it it doesn't necessarily hamper him as much as it would if a classic empire or, or a state of honor, you know, drew down there where they just had to, you know, go all out trying to make the lead from post one. Now, that being said, you know, you could certainly run into a tremendous amount of trouble. You just take a look back at looking at lucky's uh, kentucky derby from post position one and the race was over in the first furlong for him because of what happened and, and that was attributed to the inside post so you know it's not a great spot to be in but for him he's the kind of horse that's going to need racing luck regardless uh, because he's a, a one move stone cold closer and uh, i mean he'll be passing horses late regardless of the post it just certainly didn't help matters much for him
0: you know, it, it's interesting. We're going to bounce to Rich Matei now. Uh Classic
9: Empire was
0: the champion two-year-old last year and you know, in that race he looked, you know, he looked very good. You know, he raced well, but he's kind of had his uh, setback so far this year. Uh who are you looking towards maybe to kind of upset uh, Classic Empire?
10: Well, since this year like you said Classic Empire last year pro he looked like the good last year, him and that horse that retired, not this time, as they were much the best in the juvenile. And this year, like you said, Classic Empire, bounced in the Holy Bowl, didn't want to train, but had a good effort in the Arkansas Derby. But at 4-1, to one, I don't want this horse, especially you don't know what he's going to do come Derby Day with the crowd and everything. So I'm going to go to the horse that's coming from uh, Dubai. I'm going to go with Thunder Snow. This horse is undefeated on dirt. And actually, since they moved the UAE Derby to Meydan, this horse has the fastest UAE Derby at Meydan.
0: You know, it's interesting that you kind of mentioned Thunder Snow moved to Heeds, tried to do this uh, two years back. And you know, Darren, uh, we'll we'll bring you in on this a little bit. You know, the horses from Dubai haven't had the easiest of times here, but Thundersnow Snow raced exceptionally well in the UAE Derby. Uh, but it, it's just going to be
9: so so tough, but. You think maybe he could have a chance against this group? I, I mean, I, you know, I kind of go into this a little biased because every year I always say that the first horse that's going to win coming out of the UAE Derby is going to is going to beat me in the process, um, regardless of of what the horse looks like. Um, uh, Thunder Snell's a very good horse, uh, even though he's unbeaten in two starts on dirt. I, I still think he's a turf horse. I mean, if you take a look at his stride the way that he strikes the ground. He actually reminds me of Saki, who, by the way, ran a very good second in the British Cup Classic. But he's got that kind of round turf stride that hits the ground hard, and that's not exactly the best stride you want when you go into Churchill. And then in the stretch of the UAE Derby, he got kind of green. He switched leads, which can happen when you're not on the preferable surface of what you like. Kind of ducked out, ducked back in, wore down, and still got up over a very good horse in Epichar. So we're going to see uh, in the Belmont Stakes that horse being from Japan. But but that being said, I mean, the horse just got here on Sunday. He had to fly over the Atlantic. He was in quarantine. He's going to get like three days over the track. I mean, for me, you put all of that together, and it's going to take an exceptional horse to be able to do all of that and win the Kentucky Derby. So, you know, for me, a horse from Dubai, given that scenario, is going to beat me if he's going to win the
10: Derby.
0: All right, guys. Well, we know the weather is going to be bad. And, you know, the feel-good story uh, so far in the Kentucky Derby has been Patch and patch draws post number twenty and it's it's kind of interesting because, that he draws it out in post twenty because um you know he can't see to the left of him and, and so maybe that could help you know Tyler gaffleone just a little bit, but we're going to go to Darren after this but uh rich uh, what what do you what say you about Patch? Do you think maybe he has any type of shot, or is this more of kind of a uh, kind of a gopher's effort for him
10: well, this is the derby where. I won't be surprised if 15 or 16 of the horses actually won the Derby, and Patch being one of them, in his maiden race, he beat a 50-to-1 shot. He was a first-time start in a meantime. But that horse has come back. He won a maiden race at Keeneland by about eight or nine lengths, going a mile and an eighth. And then the Louisiana Derby, first time against winners. He raced against Gervin, who had a class edge over him. And he paired up 89 buyers, and I like when horses pair up numbers because usually that means they're going to take another step forward. For me, he's not my cup of tea, but I could see him at the top of the stretch saying, like, oh, Patch is there, and I would not be surprised.
0: Now, Darren, real quick before we toss it to you, Centennial Farms tweeted out this morning, and it's it's kind of a funny tweet, or excuse me, tweeted out 24 hours ago, and it says, we feel you at Patch Horse, and of course, we all know Wicked Strong drew post number 20, and uh, looked exceptional in the Kentucky Derby. What do you think of uh, Patch's chances here?
9: I, I, he would surprise me, to be honest with you, I, and it has nothing to do with the, you know missing an eye or anything like that. It's just that, I don't think the Louisiana Derby was a particularly strong race. Uh, I think Gervin's a nice horse. I don't think he's anything exceptional. Uh but even beyond that, I mean this is a 3-year-old colt with three lifetime starts. He only made his debut on January the 15th. Two of his starts came in maiden races. Uh subsequently then went straight to the Louisiana Derby where he ran second. And to ask a horse off three lifetime starts to win the Kentucky Derby again is just even though horses run less today than they did in years past. I mean, that's something that Curlin didn't overcome, uh, so I would be surprised if a horse like Patch was able to overcome it.
0: All right, fellas, we've dissected this thing enough. Let's get to our Derby selections. Mike Bozich has uh, been kind of quiet over there. I guess he's uh, still trying to figure out what his show bet is going to be. Darren, we'll start with you. Uh, What's your selection in the Kentucky Derby?
9: The the horse that I'm going to key off of is Irish War Cry. Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is a very talented horse. I, I think it's probably between him and always dreaming as to who's the most talented horse in the race. Um, Irish War Cry, if you watched his debut at Laurel as a two-year-old, broke from the far outside in a full field of 12, got away like ninth or tenth, sat back there, made this blitz on the outside, five wide, six wide, just inhaled the field, turning for home, and drew off like like a really good thing. And and regardless of what he's beating in that race, for a two-year-old in their debut to make that kind of a move, and put up the speed figure that he put up that day at Laurel. You have to be a really talented horse to be able to do that. Uh, his Holy Bull, he did what a good horse can do. He showed he's versatile, can show that he can win on the front end as well, was allowed to kind of lope along through modest fractions, and nobody ever touched him. And that's what good horses do sometimes when they get put in favorable spots. They go to lead and they win. The founding Youth, I'm going to chalk up as a complete bounce for him off the Holy Bull, where he put up a big figure there. Uh, you know, he ran a one on the thorough graph, he ran a one on one buyer, obviously regressed off of that. His Wood Memorial I thought was the best con- was the best prep race of all the Kentucky Derby contenders. Got away kind of mid pack. And then I liked what I really liked what I saw where all on his own he put himself in the race. He kind of just moved himself up to the outside of horses. He decided, I want to sit second right off the pace setter. He wasn't keen. He wasn't rank or anything like that. He just put himself in the race, and that's really what you want to see with a tactical horse which beat him in the Kentucky Derby. If he does that in the Derby, I think he's going to get a great trip outside of horses. Rajiv Mirage in the Wood Memorial, the last three furlongs, he's looking back constantly, looking for competition because he knew he had battalion runner beat. And even though he beat a couple of horses in the wood that are not in the Kentucky Derby, I do think that battalion runner and cloud computing – are both very good horses that we're going to hear from as this three-year-old season rolls on. And he beat them and dispatched of them with ease. So post-17 is perfect, draws outside the speed, gets a good stalking trip, gets first run on the leaders. I think he hits the lead at the top of the stretch, and he's going to be a tough horse to run down. Rich, what's it do?
10: I'm just going to go with Thunder Snow and hope that we can break the Dubai curse. This horse, like I said before, two for two on the dirt. And last year he raced in the biggest two-year-old race that, Dubai, um, that England has, the Dubai Dewhurst, and he was two lengths behind Churchill. And I know that was on turf. I get that, but Churchill is supposed to be the heavy favorite for the Epsom Derby next month. He's the heavy favorite for the Guineas this Saturday. He's probably going to win. He gets first-time lay six. Christoph Simeon's one of the world's best riders, and. With the crop of three-year-olds we have this year in America, I think Thunder Snow has a big shot on Saturday.
5: All right, fellas, Mike Bozich here. I've been kind of studying the race, but listen, I think we've talked about the Derby uh, long enough. Uh, Darren, I'm going to throw this at you. Who do you like in the Kentucky Oaks, which is coming up tomorrow?
9: Oh, man, what a tough race. I mean, this race revolves around really one thing and one thing only. Is Paradise Woods a freakishly good filly, or is she not? Um, You know, because if she runs back to that Santa Anita Oaks, they're all running for second. Now, the better in me says you, you play against her and you hope that she regresses off that huge figure and she bounces a little bit off that effort. I do think that there are some good fillies in this race that merit consideration. I think Miss Sky Warrior, who's going to be an inflated price because of Paradise Woods, this is a really, really good filly who's done nothing wrong since breaking her maiden at Parks last October. She's rolled through Great Stakes Company. She won the Gazelle by 13 lengths. She looks like she's only getting better as the races get longer. Draws outside, has speed, is tactical. Paco Lopez and Kelly Breen, you got the New Jersey connection there. Uh, I certainly think that she has a really, really big shot in this field. And, and the other horse that, that I kind of like a little bit at a Price is the horse that comes out of the same race is Miss Scott. And I'm going to use this horse uh, as an exotics contender, and that's Lockdown. Uh, who must have needed the race in the Gazelle was a first start in three months. Goes from Kendrick Carmouche back to Jose Ortiz, Bill Mott, Judmont Farms. You're going to get a monster number here on a horse that's going to have to run the race of her life to contend. But I think she's probably sitting on a big one, and, and I'm going to play the two horses coming out of the same race. I, I recognize Paradise Woods as the failure to beat. I don't. I'm not going to like the price at seven to five, eight to five. My pick to win the race is Miss Sky Warrior.
5: All right, Rich.
10: I'm going to go with uh, Neil Drysdale, Philly. That's vexatious um, First start this year. She actually ran against the boys against battle of midway who we'll see in the uh, Kentucky Derby and reached the world who probably would have raced in the Preakness if he wasn't euthanized due to a workout injury. And she actually accredited herself in that race. She had trouble and she came on to be third. And then in the fairgrounds Oak, she never looked comfortable sitting right off um, the horse that was on the lead and then, In the fantasy, she's being bumped around the whole way, still managed to be third, and you never see Neil Drysdale race a horse 13 days between starts, which he did between the Fairgrounds Oaks and the fantasy, which means he must really like this filly, and he wanted to get her here. Now she's here, and I'm going to take a shot.
5: Darren, don't know if you had a chance to take a look at the uh, card leading up to the Derby. It's always a great undercard. Obviously, you have to be very mindful of the weather, a lot of turf races, a lot of – turf races that, that usually are very, very good uh, value-wise for players. Is there anybody that uh, you like maybe in the undercard that we can use in the uh, multi-race wages leading up to the Derby?
9: Yeah, sure. There's a couple of things I'm going to look at. And uh, the American turf, I'm expecting Oscar performance to bounce back from a dull effort uh, in the Transylvania. He'll be a better price. The addition of Lasix now might really tell us what went wrong there in the Transylvania in his first start of the year. Uh, Jose Ortiz for Brian Lynch. This is the impressive winner of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf last year. Uh, I've been a fan of this horse ever since he broke his maiden at Saratoga. I think he's really, really special, and I expect a a much improved effort for him. Uh, I'm going to use him exclusively with Good Samaritan, who uh, has an electric turn of foot for Bill Mott, making his first start since the Breeders' Cup himself. But uh, this is a really good, good runner for Mott, and and I think those two in the American Turf are are two horses that you need to have on your multi-leg tickets. Um... Another horse that I'm actually looking forward to playing against is Masochistic. Um, You know, I don't like this horse, Shipping East. Uh, You know, the last time he did that into the Breeders' Cup Sprint in 2015, uh, he wasn't a factor at all. He does his best work out there in California. And and while I think there's no real clear runner in this race that i love to try to beat him, I do think that there are uh, some serious long shots that you might want to take a look at, including Tom's Ready. A horse that's cutting back here to seven furlongs, making his first start of the year for Dallas Stewart. Should have plenty of plenty of place to run into, and uh, he's run well fresh in the past, and I think Tom's ready at a big price. Could upset Masochistic, but uh, really that race is going to be a spread race for me to try to get past Masochistic and get a favorite out of that pick four sequence.
5: Well, Tom's ready. I think you just mentioned Matei's favorite horse. Rich, what do you think? Uh, maybe a couple <laughs> of the races leading up to the uh, Derby horses we could use in our multi-race wages.
10: Race seven, the Distaff Turf Mile, number one, Linda, last time out, off the layoff, made a big middle move into a slow pace, set by grade one winner, Celestine. Horses one for one at Churchill Downs with a 96 buyer. Horses four years old can improve off the last start and gets Brian Hernandez, who was riding her previously, Julian Leperu, rode her last time. I think she will be tough in the Distaff Turf Mile. And the same race Darren was talking about, race 10, the Churchill stake. My best bet of the day is in that race, number six, Forever a mo. This horse wanted no part of two turns. And since the Pate Mile, all this horse has been doing is going around two turns. And that was the best race he ever ran with a 90 buyer. This horse gets blinkers on, Al Stall. First time blinkers, 31%. That's good enough for me at 30 to 1.
5: All right, guys, we're listening. We certainly appreciate you joining us. Happy Thurby. Hopefully the uh, weather can hold off a little bit for us and uh, we could uh, get a break in the weather, uh, at least for the Derby anyway. And by the way, uh, Mr. Zocalli, am I reading right? Your Yankees are in first place? <sighs>
9: oh. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a fun time to be a Yankee fan, not, not just because they're winning, but they're, they're fun to watch. These, uh, these young prospects with Judge and Sanchez has been out for the better part of a month and Uh, They're hitting home runs left and right. It's pretty crazy. I don't know how long they're going to be able to keep this up for. But, uh, you know, the one thing is at least we know the future. It looks pretty bright in the Bronx in terms of the long term.
5: Yeah, Well, my my man Matei here, he's a Boston Red Sox fan, so I guess I better get you guys off the front before (laughs) we (laughs) get (laughs) seated. Listen, Rich, Darren, we appreciate you guys joining us, and uh, best of luck in uh, your wagering coming up. uh, Oak's Day and Derby Day.
9: got it. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thank you, Rich. Thank you.
5: All right, that was Rich Matey and Darren Zorkali. They did a heck of a job breaking down the card and the in the derby for us, Mike. And uh, you know we're harness guys, so we you know they we, we got to get guys like that to hold our handle. We uh, when we venture outside of our comfort zone.
0: Listen, li- listen, you know, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun with that, but we have not given our derby selections before we go off the air. Uh, we got to go ahead and give our derby selections, and my man Don Stevens would be super happy with mine. I'm going with the ten Gunna Vera, the Delta Jackpot winner.
5: Well, how about that? I'm going with Hence, the winner of the Sunland Derby for trainer Steve Asmussen and uh, Florent Rue. But uh, like you say, it's going to be sloppy, so please don't don't shortchange yourself. I mean, that might be like – I think Gabe might have the best idea of all. Go play your address, your social security number, whatever. Just, uh, you know, try to get uh, some prices uh, across the wire. Well, uh, Mike, it's been a whirlwind. I think uh, we should maybe take one more commercial break and wrap it up. How does it sound to you? Sounds good. Let's do it. Post time with Mike and Mike's presented by Bet America. We'll be back to wrap it up.
4: Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward point state restrictions.
0: All right, well, we certainly thank everybody for joining us on this Thurby edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll see you back here next Thursday with our next edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America at 1030. Also, don't forget, our live remote schedule starts this month. We're super excited. Jessica Otten and Garnett Barnsdale will join for the Molson Pace coming up at the end of May. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a good night.
6: Call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey, your beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.
8: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com.
4: No process overfunded by law. 18
8: plus terms
2: and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: If you only have a 401k, you are not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. Uh, you can do
8: that. And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution